Well, 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 pub and cubettes, welcome back to the Forest Film Club. Over here, over there is the Vanilla Bear Patrick. How are you doing today, buddy? I am doing fantastic. There is a new... Now, what's the right way to say it? No, I'm sorry. It's a new leader of up-and-coming stars uh we I, I don't know how i feel about it <laughs> anybody anybody who who knows us uh knows that we're kind of obsessed with this is going to sound weird but if anybody who's been listening to us knows how we how i mean it we're obsessed with like the young female hollywood celebrities that are on the up and coming yeah Right, yep. we love ourselves a Mia Goth. We love ourselves a Florence Pugh. Yeah, well, that's for the males too. Well, we, yeah, we yeah, recognize them. Yeah, absolutely. We love trying to track the the younger uh, celebrities of Hollywood. And this is your chocolate bear, Mundo. If you don't know, you should know. Uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of this Lauren Lavera. Yeah, going forward, <laughs> she was really and good, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I will say this if it's your first time watching the movie, she is 28 in real life, which makes a certain shower scene a lot more bearable whenever you know her real age instead of thinking <laughs> of her as a high schooler. Because <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. you got like every ounce of titty except the nipple in that in 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 that moment there right you did um, yeah they, they actually went for very it. tastefully done i'm surprised that uh director damien leone had like the restraint of not going full nude yeah after the first one yeah so i, I really appreciate that of him and, and and a lot about this actually i think that this movie is is oh even though wow wow this movie i feel like it's a lot more mature from a filmmaking standpoint compared to the yeah. first one of course this week we are talking about terrifier 2 a movie that seeped into movie theaters uh october last year a sequel from 2016's terrifier six years later this movie came out it's a bit of, of a delay because of the uh, pandemic but it's finally out and we're here to talk about it aren't we pat man i'm excited yeah I was uh, thoroughly shocked by the, the the upgrade that was going on. Um, and if you are interested in watching these, I suggest you watch, if you haven't watched the first one, watch it before you listen to our last discussion on Terrifier. Um, because another thing, if you've listened to us before, we don't really do non-spoilers. That's not a thing. So we're going to talk about it and we're going to give you all the details. So go watch it if you want to hear us uh, blab about it and give you all the details and all the fun little quirks that we noticed from the first to the second. Um, Absolutely. Before we get into this, though, I got to tell you, uh, yesterday the family went to Knobles. Oh, I love Knobles. I I camp there every year for like a decade. Ladies and gentlemen, Cub and Cubettes, I'm telling you this right now. If you're in the Northeast... Uh, you gotta find your way to Knobles. Legitimately, like it's rated as the best 
a free admission amusement park in the world. It also boasts, I think, like eight of the last 12 years best amusement park food in the world. I did not know that, but. And I'll tell you what, man, that's the best part of the yearly Kenobles trip is just stuffing your fucking face. They have everything. Quarter pound hot dogs, turkey legs on a stick. I had some Mexican street corn yesterday, which was uh, my new favorite thing there. Um, yeah. Ribs. The pizza is so fucking good at Kenobles. Like, they know what it's doing. legitimately one of the best amusement park experiences that you could ever have, which makes it so funny that while we were there yesterday, a member of our group uh, lost so much shit. <laughs> they lost so much shit, bro. All right. So check this out. Check this out. I'm going to try to go from least important to most important. Okay. Things that he lost. All okay. Right. Uh, I'm going to start with least uh, a hat. We were riding the log ride and it flew off and there, there goes the hat. Okay. Hat's right. gone. Check. Hat's gone. Yep. Hat's gone. Right. Is it, wait, so this is all one person. This is all one okay. person, all right. Got dude. It. All right, I'm ready. This is all one person. Okay. Hat. A $20 bill. All right. I mean, yeah. If you're probably wondering how he lost the twenty dollar bill because, like, that because he's carrying around his wallet, right? Right. Before he lost the twenty dollar bill, he lost his wallet, (laughs) so he had to lose twenty in his pocket. (laughs) Oh my god! Okay, so you, so he he was eating on you guys, (laughs) and. Well, we so we went for my mom's company picnic and and yeah. they provide her with like three hundred dollars of of tickets and these tickets oh, nice. if you go there they can be used for rides games or food so like we weren't hurting for money like he didn't need his wallet but he still lost it which is hilarious oh, yeah, yeah yeah um his phone oh my god <laughs> his phone. But that was probably the funniest retrieval because um, they were searching for for us. Uh, well, we went back to the bumper cards because that's where he thought he lost. He, uh, he that's where they found his phone. Yeah, and they hold up the phone, and my brother is like, "No, I'm looking for my keys." But they held up his phone instead. And he's like, no, I didn't lose my... But he checked his pocket. He's like, no, that is my phone. He didn't even know? He didn't even know he lost his phone, dude. So, so now he doesn't have keys, phone, wallet, hat. Got it. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't have his entire life. Twenty dollars. life gone. is gone. <laughs> What a story. What a day. Five things, five things, five things, five things, five <laughs> things lost yesterday. On one trip to Knobles. That sucks. <laughs> God. I can't imagine. Like, just losing my wallet would make my day shitty. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but, like... Let's see. That's the thing. Like the wallet was the first thing that was actually lost because we stopped to get a drink at a, at a giant on the way to Kenobles. 
Uh, we didn't realize it till we got to Knobles, but that was a quick phone call. Like the wallet was, we knew where the wallet was. Yeah. So that's yeah. not so bad. Yeah. Right. It was the keys that was like the real big loss here because, you know, it's the car. Like you have to yeah. get our home. Uh, and it was while we were searching for the keys that he thought he lost at the bumper cars. <laughs> They out. Hey, you forgot your phone. They said to my brother. He said, "I didn't. I'm not. I didn't lose my. Oh no, that is my phone." God. We said, "That's it, dude. You got to get one of those tiles." Yeah, they're good. My mom has one, and you know what, dude? It was the shorts that he was wearing. He was wearing like. A pair, you know how like men's pockets are normally deep. Yeah, these pockets weren't like particularly deep, and whenever you sat down in them, the slits kind of rest at the top of your thigh. Oh, so because the pockets aren't deep, it's real easy for things to fall out. And I've I've similar style shorts, and I lose. It's, uh, it's too bad the characters in the movie didn't have that excuse when their phones weren't close enough to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's more than pockets. once they were like, I almost. Oh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so that was so that was a different kind of terrified that he was yeah. on yesterday. But uh, this morning, mission complete. Wallet recovered, keys recovered. They're on their way home right now with his car. Oh, good. <laughs> Simple two hour drive to Kenobles and back. <laughs> so, four hour round trip. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Am I right or am I right? Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 Before Makes we go sense. on with, with the rest of this movie, Patrick, uh, let's get it out early this time. Yeah. Terrifier 2 is a very obscure movie for some people to be watching, for some people to be reviewing. And if there's one thing we love, it's obscure movies. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's they, they give you the chance to, one, bring them back to old movies, because a lot of times these movies are trying to make references, right? And that's any movie, but especially these B- B-rate slasher type things. They're always trying to bring stuff back to nostalgia. Even in small ways, like this movie with its 80s like synth music going on, right? Absolutely. Uh, They had a lot going on with that. Uh, But it's also just very creative. It's these people having full license to get weird and have a good time with a story. Uh, And you don't see that a lot anymore. No, you're absolutely right. Um, It's just so apparent whenever you get a movie that you can tell that the people working on it are having a great time doing it. And it's often these lower budget, smaller kinds of movies. And if you have a movie that that you think matches this description, shit, guys, send it in, right? Email it in to us. At forestfilmclub22 at gmail.com. We'd absolutely love to, to hear about them. Uh, we yep. just got off the horn with uh, Bahubali 2, which was absolutely a knock out of the park from this guy's perspective. Yeah, stellar. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And though Terrifier 2 isn't a listener request, 
Uh, if it inspires you to send us a movie to review, please do. We will watch it. We will review it. It'll shoot straight up the list. So once again, that's Forest Film Club 22 at gmail.com. Uh, we'd also really appreciate it if you give us a, a good review, five stars, little bit of a, of a couple sentences. Insult Patrick for all I care. Uh, yeah, I do fine. it all the time. And yeah, I can take there, it. I say a lot of dumb next, things. What's the next <laughs> What's the next best thing from that is to just go on our Twitter. Give us a follow on there. Uh, we are trying to be more active with that. You, you listeners, please, you must understand that Patrick and I are. I don't know how far Patrick is, but I'm very anti-social media. So it's not something that's on the forefront of my mind. But I'm trying to remember to post on there if I'm watching something or if something pops into my head that relates to a movie we reviewed. So please follow us on there and we'll even take movie review requests uh, from the Twitter. Isn't that right, Vanilla Bear? Absolutely. Let us know. We're happy to check them out. We'd we'd love that. We want a a vast and eclectic uh, movie collection that we are reviewing before we just say fuck it and become a horror movie review podcast so after three years of this before we jump in do you find that nowadays when you talk to people about movies and you'll like mention a movie they just look at you sideways and they're like what the hell's that like don't don't worry about it it's fine (laughs) you gotta you gotta realize Patrick that that's been my whole life Oh, I mean, I've always been that way too, but like yeah. once I got into horror, that changed a lot. Well, see, that's the thing. So, so it's kind of this idea that one people mostly watch uh, mainstream movies, anyways. They're not huge into the lower budget things, they're not more into the niche things. Uh, and that becomes like quadrupled whatever we're talking about horror horror is definitely the redheaded stepchild of movie making right yeah um and this particular one i think is a good example of showing that there can be a solid story behind the really terrible things that you see visually Uh, um and i appreciated it for that and i think if more people can get in front of something like this they can see that yeah absolutely um it really seems like any problems that i had with the first one is directly answered in this one which i think is a i mean that's how sequels yeah. should work Right. That's not how they normally work, but a good sequel builds off of the thing from the last time. Something that we talk about as uh, as fans of um, medias in, in general, especially with like Star Wars media. Yep. Is this whole idea of that the sequel trilogy failed because it wasn't planned from the beginning. Right. Right. Beginning That's to not- end wasn't talked about. Yeah, that's not how the original trilogy worked either, though. But the reason why the original trilogy works is because every movie builds on and respects the movie that happened before it. 
right? Yeah. You don't need an overarching idea or an overarching story. What you need is to respect the movies that came before and then answer any questions that the audiences might have from that. Yep. And I think that Terrifier 2 is a, is a great example of this because it seems that there's like loose ideas that Damien Leone, the writer and director of this movie, had that he kind of just like cobbled together and he especially wanted to to answer the criticisms that the first one had such as its lack of a story its lack of depth and it's and and it's hard to care for these characters that are getting killed because none of them are defined yeah absolutely right. and and because of that he spends an excessive amount of of time uh building this movie he Early on in his career, he has this idea for this character, Sienna, uh, who he sees as like a Wonder Woman, Xena type warrior uh, who's perilously fighting against evil forces. And he takes that character and he puts it into Terrifier 2 to be the Batman of Art's Joker. Yeah. So let me tell you my fear right up front. Yeah. From recent experiences we've had, not just Terrifier, things like Spring Breakers, other things, right? Uh, one of my fears was, okay, they're going to find some silly reason why she needs to wear this sexy costume, right? I was really afraid of that. Like, she would just be the hot girl, and she does cosplay, and that's supposed to be... You're supposed to be happy with that. Sure. Uh, and I was wrong, and I'm glad I was wrong. But that was a fear. And I don't know if you had that fear the first time you watched it, too. But. Um, I don't really I wasn't expecting. I mean, where did you get this idea that she would be? Did you watch a trailer or something that she'd be wearing this costume? Because I went into this like as I do with most movies, completely blind. I had no idea what she would be wearing. I had no idea what this movie would entail. So, like, where's this idea coming from? No, the idea generally came from the fact that it kind of opens and showing her making this costume. And you could tell that the pieces were tiny. So I was like, oh, no, they're going to just try and like torpedo this sexy girl into a plot somehow. Yeah, I don't uh, think about that. But, uh, I think once you show that and then somebody just says, oh, Halloween's coming up. I'm like, good enough yeah. explanation for me. Well, that, that I wanted more of an explanation than that. And we did get one. But, yes, we absolutely yeah. did. We That's absolutely what I'm saying. Did. Like Halloween is not enough for me in that case. Yeah. Just from what I know from the first one, well, I needed I'll to tell see you this. Bro. I'll tell you this. I would have a lot more problem with it if she didn't build it herself. If it was like a store yes. costume, that's whenever I would have had a real big problem with it, I think. That's true. Yeah, it's intentional by her and that character then. Yeah, I'm with you absolutely. then. Yeah. So I think that's why I didn't have that that fear at all. Um, mm -hmm. Leone spent months working on this script alone, which was really nice because before with Terrifier, I mean, he was still working uh, a part-time gig and then directing Terrifier as well. Like he didn't, this is a, this is a rags guy, right? Like he's not yeah. from money. He barely cobbled together money to, to, 
put together the ninth circle which was his uh kind of first short film that had a the, the very first appearance of art the clown which was a character that he had devised in his head that he wanted to be even more sadistic from pennywise but not as in your face as pennywise which i think is a great combination everything yeah. from his violence is is more intense but the makeup on his face is like less intimidating i guess kind of right yeah i mean if once you see once you realize it's not that way anymore but that first introduction i see where you are yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean pennywise has extravagant face paint whereas uh art the clown has very minimum face paint actually inspired and this is why i love talking about these like underground indie directors because they just put me on these whole different wavelength of like uh inspiration and and influences um art the clowns makeup is actually inspired by a french holocaust survivor named marcel martial uh who through the late 40s and 50s and 60s became known as uh the king of silence because he was a a the the world's best uh mime huh, about it yeah and i just having that kind of specific inspiration just tells me that this guy like really fucking cares about what he's yeah. putting out right he yeah. really even though the first one wasn't as good as I wanted to be. He's still intentional in everything. So he now there were spent- bones, right? Yeah, you saw. You saw. Like I mean, I said on there. Like we we see what he's trying to do. Yes, yes. And yeah. during this time that he's writing the screenplay, which I also just love this little detail about his life, he is actively reading screenplay script writing books. And listening to screenwriter uh, interviews and commentaries because he, he he wants the second one to be better than the first one. Like he actively wants it, dude. Like Good. he wants to appease his fans. He and people wanted it as well. I mean, he puts it up on Indiegogo. Uh, to to get this movie going, this movie was initially had a fifty thousand goal for its uh, practical effects uh, driven scenes that that he was going to do himself because he is a, a a makeup artist. That's where he gets his start is makeup artistry. So okay. he wants fifty grand from Indiegogo to make this thing a reality, right? Mm-hmm. They get over 250,000 donations. That's that's so cool. Ends up financing this whole movie. How about it? This is nearly 10 times the budget of the first one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Imagine like just imagine what that first one could have been if he had a little bit more cash. <laughs> well, it seems like that's the thing. I don't know if cash would have helped. I think that he just wasn't True. he just wasn't as uh 
skilled as a writer and he realized yeah. it from the reception of the first one people were saying what we were saying the violence and the gore is all interesting but nothing matters without a good story without good characters so that was the first yeah. thing that he went to fix was to make these characters relatable to make somebody that people wanted to see and he ends up writing the sienna shaw character who he describes as his favorite character that he ever created as i said before the batman to the joker of this uh and they end up uh, finding this girl lauren lavara who uh, is interested in in this movie she's a huge horror fan she loves horror movies halloween is her favorite time of the year she says that her halloween season starts in july is whenever she's <laughs> cool for halloween yeah she yeah loves halloween movies however uh she actually did not see the first terrifier movie and promised herself that she would not see it unless if she got this role yeah, makes sense. So she went through all the auditions and eventually, finally, uh, had a final uh, uh, screen test with uh, um, Elliot Fulham, who plays her little brother, John. Yeah. Yep. And after that, the they say that they both got the role. And that night, she goes and watches Terrifier for the first time. Pretty cool. Yeah. Which is great because, you know, Sienna Shaw has, has no role in the first movie. So it's kind of like her herself as Sienna uh, yeah. discovering it just like Sienna would have. And for preparation, David Leone gave her a list of final girls that he thought were uh, uh, inspirations, kind of ones that she wanted. He wanted to people to think about. Whenever they think about Sienna Shaw, he wants them to think about Laurie Strode. He wants them to think about Sidney Prescott, uh, Ripley from Alien, Sarah Connor from Terminator, pretty much all the great strong ones, right? Yeah. But as well, uh, he hands her a playlist of songs that he thinks describe Sienna. <laughs> In a That's cool. Very funny detail. This uh, playlist that he gives her has a lot of Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> David Leone is a big Fleetwood uh, Mac fan. <laughs> man of my heart. Number one, baby. <laughs> and so we got those two working together, but we also have the man of the hour, the real reason why we're here. The Terrifier himself, Art the Clown, played by David Howard Thornton, yep. uh, who absolutely loves this character. He does not personally think that Art is to the level of all the other great horror characters. But he says with another movie or two, he'll believe that whenever people say that art is icon as iconic as Jason and, and Freddie, he says not yet, but one or two movies, maybe we'll talk about it. Right. Yeah. And his big uh, thing here is that David Howard Thornton, uh, even though he'd played art for the past two iterations of the character, uh, once in, well, I guess just one, he was uh, in Terrifier, but he wasn't in All Hallows Eve, I don't think, um, or the Ninth Circle, the original incarnation of art. 
Right. The thing about Art and Terrifier that he said was that he just had like so much trouble being silent the whole time. He really didn't like that. He really didn't like not being able to emote the way an actor would normally emote. So his plan this time around going through it is that his facial expressions would come from lines of dialogue that he would say in his head. Right. You know, and I that makes that sense. Was- I, I could see that. I could feel that. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that, that little detail that he's like, Oh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, if I can't talk out loud, then what's the best next best thing? Um, and I just want to give a, a quick shout out to the horror squad that had brief interviews with Leone Thornton and Lavera. They gave me some of this information. They're they're really good interviews. They have a Terrifier Two episode that came out uh, early October last year. So if anybody's interested in a little bit more of information from the actual actors and writer slash director of this movie uh that's your way to do it yep. right good deal uh, one more thing about this is david leone is like very protective of this character whenever he made his his short film the ninth circle he put it up on youtube and that ended up springboarding a, a producer into finding him for all hollows eve which he also puts art the clown in and the one thing that he did very smartly for all hollows eve is he negotiated to maintain intellect intellectual rights to art the clown oh, oh thank god yeah <laughs> So art is not owned by bloody disgusting or dark age cinema or fuzz on the lens. Art is owned by Damien Leone. That is a smart move because there's way too many stories in media history of long legal battles and things like that. So good call, Damien. And with that, I think I'm ready to talk about the movie. What about you? I'm ready, man. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me cough real quick. I'm going to go on mute. <laughs> uh, just choked on a little bit of water there. That's fine. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Terrifier 2, written and directed by Damien Leone. By the way, Damien Leone has the most like stereotypical New York accent you could ever hear in your life. He it's hilarious. I'll have to listen to it. <laughs> I don't like to. So I, I don't like to get too deep into the weeds because I know that you, you're passionate about this stuff. And I like to get surprised by the information you give me. <laughs> you know, I like to know those things of he likes to read the lines inside of his head while he emotes like that's a cool thing to learn. Well, you know that that's like the you know that that's the kind of stuff that I love whenever we talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Whenever we were younger, I think I may have told you this before, but uh, my buddy Tyler had just like such a huge DVD collection. And I'm talking to this person about movies and like how many times I I sometimes rewatch movies. And he's and they asked me, like, what do you do once you see once you think you've seen a movie enough? And I said, Oh, I watched it with commentary. You gotta watch it with commentary. <laughs> right. And about a week I've never done that. And about a week later, uh, me, Tyler, and another dude are hanging out. Not the same dude, but a, a different dude. 
and we're talking about movies again and which ones we like. And and Tyler says, oh, yeah, I love getting movies on DVD because you got to listen to it with commentary. <laughs> it was just funny that both of us were like in different moments and different conversations. <laughs> where, oh, yeah, you got to watch with commentary. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Oh, my God. So quick tangent. Dodgeball 2 has one of the most epic, not Dodgeball, sorry, not do- they're making Dodgeball 2. That's why I said that. Oh, but- okay. Dodgeball has one of the most epic commentary tracks that's ever happened. For the re-release of the Dodgeball commentary track, um, it starts off with uh, Vince Vaughn, uh, or or yeah, Vince Vaughn, and whoever the director is, I forget who directed Dodgeball, but it's just them. I don't remember. Right? Yeah. And they're complaining that Ben Stiller isn't there, but they they're busy, and so they have to just like go on with it. But Ben Stiller ends up coming in about like 20 or 30 minutes late and he's <laughs> drunk off his ass. <laughs> and he insists on like eating his Chinese food while they're doing commentary, which just pisses off Matt and the director. And they end up getting into like this huge fight over it. So in about 45 minutes into it, uh, Vince Vaughn's pissed off. The director's pissed off. Ben Stiller's pissed off. They all agree to just fuck this whole thing and they all just leave. And then you hear like a production assistant comes in and they're like, what do we do? And another one's like, I don't know, man. Like nobody really listens to the commentary. What, like, could we just like do something else? And so they end up playing the commentary track for it's something about Mary. (laughs) Oh, good call. (laughs) So... The entire second half of Dodgeball's commentary track <laughs> is just something about Mary's commentary track. All right, that's that's classy. <laughs> Class for a movie like that, that makes complete sense. Oh my god, dude! One of the greatest things ever. Anyway, sorry, had to tell you that because I love commentary. Yeah. Uh, so Damien Leone, writer, director of this movie, uh, comes out August 29th, 2022 at the Fright Fest Festival and then to the wider United States, October 6th, uh, 2022, when your AEW world champion is the one, the only, the legend himself, the brute, John Moxley. Big thumbs up from us over here. Big John Moxley. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, this movie starts off, it is like a direct sequel. Um, oh yeah. I made a note of that. That was cool. Yeah. Really enjoyed. Well, so the first one, I was kind of confused because they mentioned in the, uh, opening interview with the only survivor, this Victoria. Yeah. Uh, the, the, they're the calling newswoman the, or yeah. yeah, they're calling it the miles County massacre. Is what they're calling him. She's yeah. the only survivor, and I remember in the first one, the 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 previous one, she's being interviewed by by the interview woman, and the interview woman says, uh, "You're the only survivor of last year's Art the Clown attack." Mm-hmm. And so I remember thinking that whole movie: how the fuck does everybody know that his name's Art? Because he can't say it and nowhere is it on his like clothing or anything. Boom. Once again, respect your fans. 
be honest to your story and build off of what what you need right yeah so art does the thing perfect perfect for this movie and while he's you know after he's done ripping out the throat of the coroner he uses the coroner's blood to write a r t yeah mirror of the coroner room spelling art now we know that that's his name it's a small detail but it's something that answers an unanswered question from the first movie and it's a clever use of time without having to like put something up on the screen yes um it was a good job yeah uh absolutely we cut from there to a title card and this is where i see it damien leone i love it dude you gotta love it anytime that you see a a owned uh title card it says damien leone's terrifier yeah. too uh, I love it whenever it's that because think of like John Carpenter's The Thing, John yeah. Carpenter's Halloween. He is owning this franchise. He's saying you cannot have this franchise going without my involvement. It is mine. Yep. You know, um, something I that appreciate it. I love it. I just love it. I, I don't care. I think that it's a I think that it's a, a great way of of instilling ownership here uh while we're briefly at the psych ward that victoria was at we actually get a very brief cameo of of y2j himself yeah you do (laughs) i missed that the first time around but yeah (laughs) i can't believe that chris jericho's in this um I think that in the future chris jericho is going to get some horror movie roles whenever he's done with wrestling I mean, I think that's just a fun thing for people to do, right? Start if you're a pro wrestler. Yeah, I mean, and then maybe if you become part of the story, that's kind of fun. Like, there's opportunities there. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love a good Y2J? Um, he's the Ayatollah of rock and roller, baby. <laughs> it's one of my legitimately favorite. Uh, like names that's ever been given to a wrestler, the Ayatollah of Rock uh, and Rolla. <laughs> crazy, yeah. But we uh-huh. enter now, uh, cutting away from art, even though uh, we'll get back to him because we got more to say about art for sure. Yeah. But before we do, we want to introduce uh, our central characters who are going to be Sienna Shaw. Uh, Jonathan Shaw and Barbara Shaw, the central family of of this movie. We see from an early on stance that Jonathan's kind of having a hard time uh, acclimating to like what's normal. We all knew kids like this in high school, right? Oh yeah, you know, so maybe absolutely some of us were this kid in high school, but the one that is just like so obsessed with the macabre and, and gruesomeness who has absolutely no respect for the recently departed. No, he wants to go as art, the clown. (laughs) He wants to go as art, the clown. And he brings up a very bad point. (laughs) He says, uh, uh, so what about Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson? He says, Charles Manson didn't technically kill anybody. First of all, wrong. (laughs) 
okay? He wouldn't have died in prison if he didn't. No, yeah. You know? And second of all, yes. Yes, they do dress up as him. Yeah, that happens a lot. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Dahmer. I, I don't think that would be a risky one. You see, you say that. However, however... Uh, last year, because of the popularity of Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix, mm-hmm. there was a handful of uh, costume companies that put out statements saying that they will not put out a Jeffrey Dahmer costume despite high demand for it. That's so ridiculous. Fucked up. Yeah, like that's one dude that I'm like, just leave it alone. Yeah. Like it's fine. There's a lot of dudes like that, but like he's he's high up on the list of let's just leave it. I mean, those are the two big (laughs) those like to a kid, to a kid who's like 10 or 12, those are the two big ones, right? Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson. You know, now apparently Art the Clown. And this is a very (laughs) artistic uh family. Yes, yeah, they all were super love how uh, artistic they all are they seem uh, very what is it supported in their weirdness by barbara the mom who is you know mostly kind of, yeah, yeah she draws lines but like they're they're not very big lines <laughs> right yeah exactly it's and- like all right you're dressing sexy because you're honoring your dad i guess that's fine <laughs> Yeah, because it's her dad's character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. We'll get into it later. On. Yeah, that's a later Something conversation. But like, those are the lines I'm talking about. <laughs> Something else happens. And I'm like, so she's just not going to get in trouble for that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, this is at the same time, the strictest and most lenient mother ever. Yeah. <laughs> she was the one like character in it that was 50 50 for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 but you know it, it is what it is while we're getting uh this kind of information from the family and i like this family dynamic uh has mm-hmm. older sister younger brother mother we find out that the father uh, i think it says pa- pamela who i watched by the way shouts out to pamela she actually watched terrifier the day before we watched this uh, because I told her we were watching Terrifier 2, which was supposed to be gruesome and brutal and actually good. We normally meet up to watch really bad horror movies. Yeah. So whenever I say I'm going to watch a good one for the podcast, she wants to join in. So she watched Terrifier 2 the day before we watched this one. So shouts out to her for for doing that so we could watch it together. Yeah. Um. We... She tells me, Pamela tells me that in the opening uh, uh, kitchen scene of this movie, they say that the father has been dead for a little over a year, Mm -hmm. which is really weird then how everybody just calls him dad. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I, to me, it was like, okay, if they, if he died, like whenever John, like maybe eight years ago when John is four and Sienna is like eight, then I can understand them calling him daddy. But if he just died a year ago, that seems really old to be calling your dad daddy all the time. Well, 
okay, for the son, I agree with you. My sister still says that. And she's almost 30. So for a girl, I think there's a, a daddy-daughter thing. Sure. And it lines up. Um, but yeah, I think for this, I, I don't think that's as big of a thing for a son. And I, in different families, different, you know, feelings. Yeah, different on strokes, that, but, different folks. Yeah, it's, but yeah, I, I think for the girl, that, that doesn't make sense. Because, you know, that's the man in her life for 18 years, usually. Yeah. And then... Yeah. You know, 15 so. for this one, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one. And are we going to get a reveal in the next movie that Art killed their dad? Oh, I was thinking Art was their dad. I I think that's the, what they want us to think. Oh, but, yeah. No, I don't think that's true. Yeah, I think but. that's clearly <laughs> what they want us to think. I don't think yeah. that's the direction it should go. And I think no. Damien Leone is skilled enough of a of a writer now to know that that's not the direction it should go. Yeah. And there's enough scenes in this movie to see that he knows how to put subtle changes where you're not ready. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I don't think he'd do that. But uh, and while we're getting th- these really nice scenes with with the family. We're cutting back and forth between Art and his own little family. Yeah, we are. So short story here. When he goes in and he sees the guy in the chair from the first one, I'm like, well, that guy's going to do something to get killed. That sucks. Right. <laughs> really? So he doesn't. We should say we just say that that after killing that coroner, he goes yeah. into a laundromat. And just strips nude to wash his clothes. We get we go full on art butt cheeks. Yeah, and he sits down in a chair after noticing this guy and just starts reading his newspaper. And he is just very entertained by the fact that four people died in a car crash or something. There was like a major thing that happened. Laughing (laughs) is so funny to me. The way that he's like laughing and then. Pointing at yeah. the thing that he's, he's like, you guys seeing what I'm seeing? <laughs> Amazing, right? Yeah, but dude, I actually so this is when I texted you or when I called you last night and I told you I stopped there because he turns the corner and there's a little girl with similar makeup and her hair going through the mini top hat. For those that are listening, Patrick, really creepy. Patrick's favorite thing ever: creepy children. Oh my god, it's like the worst but in a movie like this you almost like it's not they're not taking themselves seriously so i do like this one in this case right and i paused it i was like okay i'm gonna watch this in the morning full full paying attention like now there's another one in the mix this is gonna get nuts (laughs) so i needed to pause it and the second i restart the movie up she basically pees blood or something we don't know where it's coming from it's yeah, fine it, it doesn't like matter this and shit yeah there's something going on yeah so in my head i'm going how does how do you even do that is that physically possible and then it cuts right to it being his imagination and you're like ah okay he's nuts <laughs> yeah that <laughs> did not fool me for a second Oh, it got me real good. Yeah, I, the moment I, I saw ready. her, I, I thought imme- immediately, ah, that's the that's like the supernatural element made manifest in this. Yes, movie. 
She that, is a source of a problem for me throughout the movie, though. Well, I kind of don't mind it because but, it seems to me that that the little pale girl, that's what they, they end up calling her in the credits. Yeah. The little pale girl seems to be the director of art. Yeah. No, I think part of it is, for me, part of it is there's scenes where art's not around and she's able to kind of have this ability to go around on her own. Well, but she's and I only think that's ever, odd. but she's only ever seen by people who seem to have this same connection to the supernatural. Fair. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only other people that that end up seeing this little pale girl are actually Sienna and John, whose father predicted the appearance of art. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, and that's like that's one of those things I just kind of tried to leave out of my head because I'm like, they're going for this weird thing. Yeah. Just write it. Completely makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Initially, this little pale girl was going to be like a, uh, uh, like like opposite of art, right? She was going to be like in this flower dress. Oh, real flamboyant, loud makeup, colored hair, kind of like Harley Quinn, right? They but covered it, was, it later. We're fine. <laughs> but it was actually seeing um, cosplayers dress up as Art the Clown and seeing that there were actually a lot of women cosplaying as Art the Clown that gave uh, Damien Leone the inspiration that, oh, we'll just make a little girl art. Yeah. And I really like that. You yeah. know, he's taking inspiration from fans that are taking inspiration from him. This is cyclical. This is how entertainment works sometimes. Well, this is how you create a character that's beloved. Yeah. Immediately, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, you love the combo of the little girl yeah. and art. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's easy sell. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, they're going to get into some shenanigans here. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sienna falls asleep. And while she's sleeping, she dreams of the weirdest commercials you've ever seen. Reminds me a lot of the interdimensional cable from Rick and Oh, yeah. Very much like that. Uh, This is going to be a horror classic. Huh? This, This song will be a horror classic. Oh, this art, this uh, um, clown cafe. Oh, yeah. It's, it's easy. So good. And you know, this is, he found a theme song and he yes. was like, we're going with this. This is good. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's my question for you. So we're at this clown cafe scene. I fucking love this clown cafe scene. I, I made a that- note specifically that I loved it. <laughs> this it's is amazing. Like, so cool. But this is kind of, seems like to me, this is connecting some 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 things here, right? Oh yeah. So yeah. Terrifier one, we see Art stalking uh, uh, that girl Megan or whatever her his her name was at the end of the party, and he like stalks her mm-hmm. at the pizza parlor, right? What part one doesn't show you is that that girl must have had a nightmare very similar to Sienna the night before, because it seems right. to me. That this is how art latches onto somebody to attack them. And she she already had fear seeing him to a 
an, a, a degree that her friend didn't understand. Right. Right. And like it, it's a, it was okay. Now that I see this, it's okay to be like creeped out, right. In a movie that somebody's following you, but she yeah. was very paranoid. It was way scared for her and her yeah. friends more so than what you would normally be. Yeah. It's like, dude, can't just get a pizza. Cool right. off. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 He, yeah. yeah. No, he's I'm a weirdo, but he's fine. Yeah. Uh, but now we actually see that she probably had a similar dream where she went to this clown cafe and was tortured and killed much like Sienna's uh, might be in this dream herself yeah. where art, the clown very funnily goes around, gives everybody candy and, and you know what now, you know what now, Pat, the food's because a little the, funny because <laughs> the first movie happened. Now it's not so jarring to see art with a gun. I, I wrote that down as well. It worked. Yes. It made sense in this particular scene because he exhausted everything else. Yes. He did these other little things to get at them. And he was like, eh, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> and then he lights that, that woman on fire. Oh, that poor woman. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, they said that that uh, dream sequence took a week to sh shoot. I, I believe that. There's a lot of moving parts. I mean, you even had the kid eating cereal and they even like one of the things I oh, loved the about art this crispies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one, the one part I liked about this scene is they actually put like some of those Halloween tropes of, if you go and get candy and they put razor blades in it, like yep. they put some of that stuff in there. Yeah. And that was a nice touch. It felt very, very homely with what the story already was. Let me ask you this. If you were, would you count the people in this dream as kills if you did a kill count of this movie yeah because in my head in my head these are people he's already killed and they're stuck in this i dream love that yeah they're stuck there i love that because then whenever yes we'll get back to it later on i'm gonna make like he could come back in the next movie and you could see more people in there from the last movie I love that, especially with what happens later on with Sienna. Yeah. Yep, that's what made me think of it. That is a great, great interpretation. And I bet you that that is exactly what we're supposed to think. The yep. only thing that's stopping me from thinking that fully, though, is that we didn't see the girls that he killed the last time around. But they're probably in a different part of this dream space. Maybe. Maybe. We won't, we won't know until he yeah. tells us. I really like that idea, Patrick. I think that that's yeah. brilliant. I really do. Yeah. Uh, however, after killing all of these people at the clown cafe, we have uh, Art now setting his sights on Sienna. I think Art has some sort of like hypnotic power in that if you see him doing something, you cannot look away until he acknowledges you. There's it's not fully explained. Right. And that's kind of the fear of him is you don't really understand what his power is. Yes. But nobody can seem to stay away from him. Right. And it, like <laughs> because because we'll get into it in, in a second yeah. here. But there's some moments where it's like if I turned a corner and saw that I'm out. Yeah. You're I'm, leaving. Out. I'm done. Yep. Right. Uh, so. Well, he's getting closer and closer to her with this flamethrower thing. 
she reaches for the box of Art Krispies. Every box has a special prize inside. <laughs> yeah, it does. I honestly thought that that kid's hand was going to get chopped off when he first puts his oh, hand in Oh, are there. you kidding me? Absolutely. Like, yeah, like I thought that was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Like, oh, he's about to lose that hand. But like, Bye. actually, I thought that. That was a really good. Uh, uh, we talked earlier off air about subversion of of expectations. I really yeah. liked that uh, good. because she pulls out this sword that we got a brief explanation was a gift from their father. Dude, it looks so cool. Yeah. Oh my god, I love this. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me just get this out of the way. I am in love with Sienna. Oh yeah, like I liked the girl in the first one. She crushed yeah. it, dude. Sienna. <laughs> is great i really not just for for uh terrifier but i really want lauren lavara to blow up uh dude next next screen movie baby she should be in it i'm telling you Mm -hmm. Uh, she is you know and she's very ready for this uh she was actually her first role was a stunt double for Anya Taylor-Joy in Split. Oh, wow. Yeah, she is proficient <laughs> in Taekwondo, Kun Kumar, and Wushu combats. You know, send me back to college, and I would want to take her home to mama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, because she pulls out this sword... Uh, it blocks the flamethrower from getting to her, but somehow, once again, supernatural dream space, Art is partially Freddy Krueger and can manipulate outside environments from the dream space. Boom, her wings have caught on fire now that she was building. Dude, uh, we, so we, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. But we should say that we we see her building this... Um, um, Halloween costume, and she's building these magnificent uh, white feathered wings. I my mind immediately went to Fallen Angel. Yes, like, and that you're supposed to. That's it's yes. designed to make you think that absolutely. But you know, there's a payoff there coming. Well, the way that the way that I I, I had thought about it was that the little girl is the angel of death. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sienna is the angel of life. Oh, see, I thought he was going for Sienna as it all wrapped in one. Well, I'm sure he is, but like we have to get, in order to to sometimes vanquish evil, we have to get as bad as evil sometimes, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. And and so whatever it is, Um, I think we're making the right comparisons that this is yeah. a biblical tale in a way, right? This yeah. is well, prim- another, primordial good versus primordial evil. Another thing that that particular part showed me is that his camera work grew up. Yes. His editing skills grew up as well. All yes. of those things combined created that moment that meant so much because granted, you only saw the wings for a really short time and they only slightly mentioned that She's building this costume in honor of her dad, right? But you feel that connection. But that's how, and that's how good writing works, right? Yes. Good writing yep. so isn't good. beating you over the head with information. It's saying something in an emotional way in an important moment that yep. informs the audience that this is important. 
Yeah. And it was very subtle, but it got the message across to anyone who cared to get it. And it was really good. (laughs) Yeah. And her reaction to them also instills in us how important this is. And like, he even has a moment where you clearly see her blow the candle out. Yes. Right up at her mouth. We, the viewer, know that that couldn't have been her. Yeah. However, she gets blamed for it. Listen. Like any mom would. Believe her, I, I, you hate to say it, but kind of on the mom side, like, yeah, in general, you don't want to have a pile of candles underneath an incredibly flammable costume piece, anyways. So, like, yeah, it, right, poor choice, <laughs> poor choice indeed. Um, however, the mom doesn't like bar her from leaving and having a good time on Halloween night, which I thought was an interesting thing. It's like mom's still pissed off. But she realizes that even though this could have been really bad, it was still an accident if it was her fault. Right. You know, so she's not really. This is like that thing where it's like she's scolding Sienna as if Sienna's in real trouble, but then doesn't actually like ground her or anything. Well, so here's the difference, right? All the things that John does, he would have to intentionally do it. Well, same thing. Yeah. I mean, right. Okay. I see what what you're saying. saying. The flame could have still accidentally happened. Whereas the gutting of a possum could not have, have he would have to actively gut a possum and take that into school. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yes. I agree. The intention behind the action. Yeah. um, To her matters. And I, I I actually liked that distinction. Well, and here's another thing that I kind of also thought about as well is I feel like Barbara, the the family, this is the vibe that I'm getting, right? Is that Barbara's Mm -hmm. family is like the outcasts of the community anyways. The father's an art, a a dark artist. The kids clearly have latched onto that. And so she she just had this conversation with Sienna about like, man, my brother's like a little weird, isn't he? He's constantly obsessed with serial killers and shit. And so now... Barbara just wants her family's reputation to not be the fucking weirdos. Yeah, they already lost their dad and everyone seen. It seems like the people in the community know about the dad. Right. Right. And it's a close knit community. Yeah. And so and so a lot of this, I feel like, is the mom just barely trying to like make things not as bad as what they might be. Yeah. And she's always for, working on for her a phone reputation and... standpoint. Yeah. No, you for know? sure. Yeah. And so what's coming up right now is is a huge hit to that reputation. So John is has a couple of fucking dickhead friends. John, get away from those guys. If they like <laughs> grossing out girls like that, then that's really bad. Yeah, and he really liked that girl, it seemed. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe it's more infatuation at that age, but right. But still, this is an important lesson that it's like, hey, if you like a girl, don't protect her from yeah. this shit. Right. Yeah. So what happens is that there's two of, of John's friends who found a possum that its guts are hanging out. I'm going to guess that it was attacked by a bird or something, though it looks like something just like sliced its stomach open. Yeah. One straight shot. Yeah. And these kids, they think it's hilarious. So they pull over this little girl that I'm going to guess all three of the boys have a crush on. Oh, yeah. Right, Listen, at that age, she's probably the hottest thing in school. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. Long absolutely. brunette hair. Because she's with a bunch of other 
little oh, girls, yeah. but she's the only one that gets called over. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she's the cheerleader effect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. She's hanging out with a bunch of uggos, so she seems cuter. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and they tell her that they have uh, some a, a cat that gave birth, and she fell for it, dude. Oldest trick in the book. Oh, yeah. And pulls over this fucking dead possum's stomach that reveals so many gross maggots and shit. You ever pull a prank like this whenever you were little, Patrick? No. Full disclosure. Have you ever done anything like this? No, really, I haven't. Like, because that's no, it's gross. okay if you tell us. It's gross. No, no. you can tell us. I've that. got Nobody's it a deer. I did do that. Did you after my dad shot it? Somebody that you had a crush on to tell them that your puppy gave birth and then showed them the deer guts? No, because I actually wanted to make out with them. Mm, you know, I, I thought problem. to preserve the they make don't out understand. possibility. They don't understand how great another person's lips feel on your lips. You know, no, what they I mean? haven't learned it yet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh no i never did anything like this i did yeah. one time uh uh lick a dead crawfish once yeah right yeah whatever i give it to you that's was, not the weirdest thing you've done in your life i'm sure are you kidding me absolutely yeah. not no yeah <laughs> that's not even cranking top 10 fair enough <laughs> see how easily i gave away that information yeah that's fine and that didn't surprise me at all. <laughs> but they get in trouble. This teacher from out of nowhere. <laughs> Dude, with the something. biggest titties and no oh, yeah. bra. She is going full thermostat mode with her nipples. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but she gets these kids in trouble. She makes one of them. Uh, oh, what's he have to do? Move it or something? He has to go get the janitor to. Janitor. To- yeah, to get rid of it. I thought that there was gonna be um like a shot of the janitor that was gonna be of like David Howard Thornton without the makeup on. Oh yeah. Well, so what's funny is this teacher clearly knows that that kid's the ringleader, right? Yeah, there's there they know that group of kids very well, and they're like, No, you get the janitor because this is your because fault. this is your shit that you did. <laughs> yeah, like she she knows them very well and she tells the other two to go to class. Yeah, absolutely get out of here. Um, the, so we're in class now with Jonathan and he is just so creepy staring at that girl. And I mean, I get it. The girl feel, no, this is when it's creepy. The girl feels it. She turns around, walks eyes with him and he doesn't break the stare. Yeah. So question. Yeah. This could be an interesting I know this is way too far in the future conjecture. He's a future killer in the series, right? What? He's a future killer in the series. Did uh, they set that up yeah. a little bit? 100%. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm making sure I read that right. Even from that first part, I'm like, he is really digging her. <laughs> not just not just normal like middle school puppy love. Yeah, I, I think that I, I think that's that's a. I think he's just an obsessive person, no matter what the topic is. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a pretty good call. Um, they they have her down as. Do you remember what that girl's name is? No. That they that they no. call over. No, but I know they say yeah they say it out loud. Right. The reason why I say that 
is because um, the girl em- uh, Emily McLean that plays the little pale girl, she also is under this as Emily Crane, and I'm wondering if that's her. I think it might. When I look, I think it might be. No, something else uh, that happens right here. So she looks back, and he doesn't break contact with her eyes and listen guys like we all know the rule if you're staring at a girl that you really like and she looks back at you you look away hey turn real fast you didn't have you make it so obvious you were looking at her but you have to look away yeah he continuously stares at her with his big bug eyes yeah (laughs) it is this is where pamela points out that he has a long fucking neck dude he really does. And he wears that dumb, uh, like, hanging thing off of his glasses. Oh, yeah, that keeps them on his head. <laughs> Nerd. Nerd. Yeah. He's used to use one of those and, things. Then he still loses them anyway later. Loses them. <laughs> What's the point? Them. He literally latched them onto himself. <laughs> What's the point, buddy? Uh, but he ends up getting excused so he can go to the restroom. And while using the restroom, he turns a hallway and sees Art and the little girl like playing past the dead possum. Well, he sees the little girl through the hallway first. Right. She the runs quick by little as he's taking a drink from the fountain. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's that's when he turns the corner, sees them playing with this dead possum. <laughs> And he's, they're just having a grand old time and this is what i mean by by art having some sort of like hypnotic ability because he just stands there and stares at them while they're doing this and it, it feels like him and that little girl had a really good connection too yeah that that scene really cemented like oh okay they're really good together yeah i really felt that in this i really felt like okay either like yeah at some point it seems like this little boy is going to take over the role of art yeah right he like he he was digging what was going on in front of him and that was not okay He he had a face on but it wasn't like a scared face it was more like a like what's going on over here yeah you guys good yeah. Can I join in third? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, they toss him the possum. He freaks out a little bit, runs out of the school, uh, runs right past the teacher with the big titties and the nipple was pointing out. Mm-hmm. And uh, later on, when Sienna gets home from school, she also has a couple of friends. Um, just like everybody else in this movie, immediately the friends are better characters. Dude, so better. So much better. The one was like, okay, but she was killed off quickly. Yeah. Uh, the other one, though, the blood she did was normal friend things. Even the blood down was to, like, great. Bad choices, but yeah. a friend would do that. Yeah. The we'll blood part, is but, was yeah. great in this movie. She so really good. felt like a real character. Yeah, I really liked her. Uh, I, as I hope she does the, more as things. the Burnett, but like you said, she gets killed off so quick that it's hard to hard to put a character to her. But yeah, uh, so. Sienna and Allie during this time uh, after school, they go to a costume shop to hopefully mm-hmm. buy a uh, some replacements for her wings that got burnt up. She finds some pretty quickly, though they're not as big nor as artistic as the ones that she built. You know, they are yeah. what they are and they have to be used. Yeah. Um, and so she gets them. But while she's there, just like Art did in the pizza shop, He's there at this store. 
Mm-hmm. And is freaking her out. And though he is freaking her out, <laughs> he, <laughs> Art is dude. so fucking funny in the scene, dude. Like legitimately <laughs> laugh out loud funny. He's yeah. putting on these sunglasses. He's blowing this uh this party noise thing. Also, oh. my favorite was the slinky eyes. Yeah, and he's like and he's bouncing him around on his face while he's staring at them. Uh, oh, and then he's God. got the horn. Yeah, he like, and he like messes with it. But it, he could have just blown the horn. But he's like, no, I'm gonna slowly creep this closer to your ear until you're really annoyed, and yeah. then I'm gonna do it. <laughs> it's just like the pizza shop guy, the guy who's working here. You know, oh, he's, he's done. Like, Come on, dude. Like, what are you doing? Leave everybody alone. Am I going to have to call the cops? Should have done that to begin with, buddy, though. I'm sure that would have just ended with a bunch of dead cops. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Art lets her go, goes over, and they're closing up shop. And boy, oh, boy, does this guy close up shop. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing about Art that makes his kills so different than other uh, horror movie villains is that it seems like art really enjoys the the idea of torture more so than others oh he takes his time you know he <laughs> yeah. really loves doing stuff that gravely harms and mutilates somebody but doesn't kill them right away yeah he'll give you like a little cut and then go somewhere else and then come back to that spot and then go somewhere yeah, else and then, and then like make again. that cut a little bigger <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. And then he'll he'll just do that more and more until you know your head's cut off, which exactly is what happens to to this young man who's who's working the counter at this costume shop and the door's locked, it's closed and we see a mother and son run up to the door but it's not opening because it's closed and they look inside and there's art holding the decapitated head (laughs) with all the other clown statues yeah (laughs) great moment of humor here yeah Uh, and the mother doesn't even recognize or acknowledge it she just says we gotta go to another store sweetie come on (laughs) and the way that art throws the head yeah you know, this just proves well, he moves that too. Art. He lets the kid know that he's alive. Yeah, he well, does like a silly face to him. Yeah, but I, I guess maybe like the kid thought that it was one of those animatronic ones. When I he think he did. In. But like, he it was it's still dog. funny regardless because as a viewer, you know, like he just was fucking with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think what it, what was going on is that he was trying to convince the kid to like somehow convince the mom to like break into the store and to get what they yeah. needed. He was trying to lure them in there. Um, doesn't work though. Yeah, and I think that's it's really interesting with this character because sometimes the people he kills are just because they're there. Yeah, that's it. There's no yeah. like meaningful reason behind it. <laughs> yeah, like, they're just oh, a a meteorite. Thing they're just me. swirling around this dude, and if you come into contact with him, that sucks, dude. But it's gonna yeah. happen. Yep. Also, shout out to Voltaire. Voltaire sign in the the Halloween shop. Love a good Voltaire. Voltaire? Yeah, he's that uh, animatronic machine that you give like a quarter to and he reads their future. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like a wizard yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voltaire. Yeah, love a Voltaire machine. Gotcha. 
Yeah, absolutely. But uh, Sienna has her wings now. <laughs> this guy, I think he like the, the cashier has such a crush on Sienna, right? Oh, God, yeah. Because he's constantly like, stop fucking with this girl. And then he's like, I got to go get you a big bag. He's like, it's okay. He's like, no, 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 please. I insist. It's just in the back. will take long. <laughs> I'm like, this dude just wants a couple more minutes to stare at this beautiful girl. <laughs> you know? Hey, I, back to your question from earlier that I've done. 28. I have found, I have found reasons to make a transaction go longer at Home Depot back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> once again just reminding everybody that she is a 28 year old woman she is not a 16 year old girl like this movie wants her character to be yeah yeah. we must know that because she's so hot (laughs) fair yeah definitely um, she doesn't look like a 16 year old anyways she's definitely no. yeah yeah you can tell like, that's a very I, I was thinking college age but like yeah, i was like that's a you know. very rough 16 yeah <laughs> uh they she gets home with her new wings uh while the cops are actually talking to barbara her mom which i thought was a interesting take here because now the boy is trapped inside now the boy is grounded, which I thought was a great uh, um, kind of way of getting where we need to be with this story. Yeah. Right. It felt, it felt natural. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because we know that he's going because he's so obsessed with all this shit. We know that he has to be like in this somehow for some way. Yeah. Right. Uh, Sienna, however, is like having seen art him herself now from her dream and now in reality and is now kind of piecing together the pieces of 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 her mystery goes up to talk to jonathan and get some more information such as uh the look of this clown was drawn in their dad's journal uh that Mm -hmm. the dad see like this is what i'm wondering of when the dad died yeah, that they don't really talk about that, do they? Yeah, so I think um, they say the dinner table last year. So yeah. that would mean before this murder or after this murder, but there are newspaper cutouts taped into this journal around where the dad had drawn Art the Clown's face, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, did the dad put him in this journal or did John put him in this journal? When Sienna asks him, did you put this in dad's journal? There's like a hesitation in John's voice. I don't believe him for a second. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, But I do. I do believe that the dad is the one that drew her in the outfit with the dagger and stuff like that. That I do. Like that I'm sold on. That lines up with everything else. But all those clippings, I don't believe that. Yeah. That's his obsession. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and this is another reason why I, I don't think that we're going to get to the part where it's like, oh, Art's our dad, because mm-hmm. there's no mention that the the drawing of Art in his notebook, no, neither one of them says like, oh, look at this self-portrait that he did. Right. You know, man, that clown really looks like dad in makeup, doesn't it? So like, I, I really don't think 
Like, if you're going to do that twist, this is when you do plant the seeds for it. Right. Right. I, I just think that for some this movie feels like a reset. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, the yeah. first one happened, but it kind of didn't. <laughs> it feels right. actually more apropos to watch this movie and then watch the first one because there's just so yeah. much information that informs what's happening in the first. And movie. then your head can mentally fill in gaps. Right. <laughs> yeah. Watching the first one and then this one, it's like the first one's like barely a movie. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, so this conversation pretty much goes nowhere. Uh, John is still grounded. Sienna is now even more creeped out from her brother because according to her, uh, they've been looking for the dad's sketchbook for a long time, but John's apparently had it this whole time and hasn't told anybody. Yep. Uh, and this is also around the time where I have a note. I was like, if these wings don't glow at some point, then the whole idea of mysticism is useless in this movie. Thankfully, you get that, but <laughs> I was and like, I finally, they are building her up to be a superhero. And I got it right now. Uh, there are other newspaper clippings in this sketchbook, including the information that the first victim of Art the Clown was the daughter of a circus performer named Emily Crane. Okay, got it. Yes. So she wasn't the girl from mm -hmm. school after all. Got it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Jonathan believes wholeheartedly that the dad knew how to stop art, which I'm wondering if the ability to stop art had to do something with a blood sacrifice. Oh, you know, yeah. he, he may have had to give up his life willingly uh, to in, imbue this sword with the mystical powers it needed to take down art. And only somebody in the family could wield it. Right. Right. Got it. That's the probably the eldest of the kids or something. Type of deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, what's know? interesting is I'm not upset that they don't tell you because these are fun conversations to have. This is the <laughs> this is the right amount of of show and tell. Yeah, you know there's something behind it, so then you get to be creative. Yeah, now I'm draw the one obvious that's having fun putting it together. Yeah. You know, but there's still enough in the movie that if you don't overthink it, you're like, oh, then that still makes sense because of everything that's set up beforehand. Yep. Yeah. Oh, while we're getting all of this, we get the 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 big ones, right? The big one. So last movie. Uh, the big kill was this girl getting sawed in half uh, long ways. Yeah. Bottom to top being hung upside down. So that would be from yes. yeah, top to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, both ways. It's, it, it all works. <laughs> so. <laughs> I can see how that would be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, on the other side, while uh, Sienna's still getting ready and her blonde friend's getting ready, we also have uh, another friend, Allie, getting ready. The blonde's name is Brooke, by the way. We have yes, Brooke, Allie, Brooke. and Sienna. 
Yeah, this one deserves a name. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. She could not have died quick oh enough in the god, first one. Dude, this is so rough. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this starts off with Allie giving away some candy for trick or treaters. Uh, I'm just going to toss this out right now, and that I I love doing that every Halloween, dude. I love handing out candy to trick or treaters. I hate it. It's my favorite thing in the world. We just sit out on the front porch and yep. see all the super adorable little kids in their costumes. I love it so much. We have like two trick-or-treaters. It's not very fun here. Yeah, we. Uh, you've been to the house. You know that we have, yeah. we're like right in the middle of the neighborhood. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, recently, well, about a, a year ago for Halloween, mom invested in a hundred foot tall inflatable screen. Oh, my God. So nice. I was in charge of putting together a playlist of music videos. Nice. To to play during Turn Treats. Yeah. So I had Will Smith's Nightmare on My Street, <laughs> uh, that spooky, scary skeletons, uh, squirrel nut zippers. Uh, what is it? The curse of bro- of something, whatever. Uh, just like a lot of fun Halloween songs. The Monster Mash, obviously, was in there. Um, so this next part. I need to bring something up that I, I do think could be tweaked. Yeah. And it happens really throughout the whole movie. Um, I do think that although I like that he keeps it in that vein of that 80s ambiance music, sometimes I think it overshadows what's happening. And I would want the sounds yeah, of I don't what's know going I, on. I don't know if I agree with that. I think it's the right amount. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I thought it was too much, but not not all the time. Just certain big moments. I'm like, ah, tone it down a bit. I want to hear the girl screaming. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, like... I got I got plenty of that. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so Art comes up to get some candy. Yes, he does. Yeah, and she's reluctant to give it to him, but then she ends up doing. On well, the... I liked her line, which Adult... was about how adults don't get candy it's only for little kids yeah you're too he's basically he's too old yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know Uh, and it seems like it's one of those neighborhoods right where you're gonna run out of candies so that means it's so easy to run out of candy yeah Yeah, it's a good rule i gave it to her in that case uh he ends up coming back later breaking his promise i think it's of note that art breaks promises uh, and that's you can kill people, you can torture people, you can stalk people, but the one thing you never do is break a promise. Yeah. You know? And he breaks into the house after breaking the promise, ends up stalking her a little bit. Uh, she runs upstairs. Well, he- she sees in the bag. That's what tips her off that like. This oh, is right. Yes. I thought. Yes. Yes. She so sees all the weapons. He gives the bag and he opens up the bag for the candy. She sees all these like tools, these saws and shit that are dripping with blood, um, which is interesting because the last movie kind of implied that the bag's filled with body parts. Yeah. And it showed a little bit of the tools, but it didn't show like the whole bag was filled with tools. Yeah. There's a very funny. So we didn't mention this earlier with the cashier, whenever he's trying to bind by the uh, squeaky horn. Yeah, that he goes into his bag to get money and he just starts <laughs> pulling out all these horrifying tools of torture all things I think he used all of those at one point in the movie I think in the last movie he used all of them 
Yeah, but I'm saying specifically those ones he pulled out. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of yeah. those I think were used in the previous movie. I think. Okay. Our, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I noticed. Okay. That, but if they're not in that movie, also in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he uses yeah. them. Yeah. It's a nice little foreshadowing, kind of. Yeah, but now because now that you know that if they ever did it again, you're like, oh, I wonder where he's going to use the chain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah. he goes away, breaks in later on, stalks her for a little bit until they go up to the ha- up to her room. And uh, this has been kind of named the yellow room scene by horror fans. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, what do you think of that name for it? Sure. I don't know. I've never. I didn't really know that like horror fans named scenes in that way. Yeah, the shower scene from oh yeah, Psycho. I guess that's true. The bathroom scene from The Shining. I guess this one isn't on that level yet for me. It's instantly on that level for me. It's okay. Insane. It's insane. Oh, see, I I more connected with that final fight, and I yeah. would I would want to name that one for it, me, but well, you can't because there's not really a like the. These moments in horror movies are to exemplify the wickedness of the villain, not the triumph yeah, of yeah. the hero. Right? right. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Think um, of all of the iconic horror scenes are always from the killer doing something vile and unrepentant. And that's why this scene stands. Yeah. That's why the sawing in half stands. I get it. Yeah. In the last movie. Yeah. Right. And. Uh, God, it's brutal. It's so bad, <laughs> and it, it just keeps going. You think when it cuts away, it's gonna be done, and then it comes back again, and you're like, "Why are you still doing this, dude?" He walks Stop away, <laughs> so like he's like skinning her. He's got these scissors that he cuts her her scalp open with. Uh huh. He's like ripping her to shreds and like pulling skin off of her body. And then he walks away. Yeah. And you're like, okay, good. We're going to move on. She's dead. Let's, let's get, let's move along. Drive the bus. (laughs) But that was wrong. And then what happens? And then her mom comes home. No, 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 no. He comes back with bleach and salt. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. As she's about to call somebody back with bleach and salt, dude. Oh, it's brutal. Oh, that's the torture part, right? I mean, he was already torturing, but like, that's the one extra step of torture that he's like, I gotta do it. And and, and you know what, dude? That's what makes art art. Yeah, it's that little step above. Yeah, he didn't need to do that. She was already dying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. it's awful. Oh my god, yeah. it's so scary and so terrible. Mm-hmm. So I think I I uh brought this up the last time that we watched Terrifier, the difference between horror and terror. Yeah. Right? Terror is not knowing what's on the other side of the door. Well, horror is opening the door and seeing the the horribleness that was being hidden from you from the door being closed. Yeah. Right. And so I just 
can't say enough how much I appreciate the title of this movie because in a way it's saying you don't know what he's going to do next. Yeah. The terror and terrifier is what next step will he take? Yeah. No, you're 100% right. You just never know in this movie where he's going. Like, because it, you know, he does all that. He's clearly very pleased with himself. Oh, he loves he's it. very happy. I love about the it. look of pure enjoyment he has when he's yeah. killing somebody. Yep, and he just like gives little hand motions to them. He's like, hey, you know, it's another day, <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah, but the mom comes in. Yeah, she's all upset. Hey, there's way too much candy in that bowl. Are you giving candy out? What the hell? Like she's she's upset that candy's not being handed out. Well, we know in the background. That doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> it's not important right now, guys. Yep, 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 yep. Uh-oh. She goes up. She see. Well, first she sees that the window is broken open. Yeah. Right. She starts freaking out. Obviously, as a parent would do. She gets in there, and he's just like, "What's he taking care of her?" Slowly slicing. He's her painting up. her nails. I think. Well, he was doing that, but then he was also cutting, like, with his other hand on her leg or whatever. Sure. And, like, slowly torturing her more as he's trying to, like, tend to her needs. And at this point, you think this this girl's dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then... Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> she says, Mom. Well, kind of. It mumbles out, but yeah. Yeah. You get the picture. Well, half of her face is ripped off, literally. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. So for those listening, if you've seen it or not seen it, you, you get the idea. Oh, wow. Uh, it actually, all the skin's off of her face, right? Yeah. Like he's like totally skinned her. Yeah. Yeah. That's messed up. There were reports of uh, like when this movie came out that people were like fainting and vomiting from this movie and you gotta know that it's from this scene right yeah yeah for sure yeah absolutely the shooting for this scene actually took two uh full days and leone himself as the uh, effects supervisor in this movie had to completely redesign the kill and the special effects used in it uh, a couple times because of of how it would end up going and and that uh, one of his uh, special effects makeup artists end up leaving the project during this time as well. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um he also says that Casey Harnett is a fucking champ because of how much he screamed during this scene and was able to keep up that terrible screaming for 2 days. God. Yeah. People don't, I don't think people realize how hard it is to be in a horror movie. No, they never do. No, that is you. Nobody screams like that for more than 10 minutes. From what I, from what I hear, uh, horror movies are like some of the most physically involved movies that you could possibly be in because of that alone. Well, we talked about that with Evil Dead Rise, right? Oh, for sure. You can tell that was a hard movie to be a part of. Yeah. Um, interesting um, stuff. Leone says that he's not a, a necessarily gruesome man. Like he he really doesn't like 
photos of like car accidents or like shit like that. But what he does love is studying uh, serial killers. And he mm-hmm. came across this book that had some photos of the victims of Jack the Ripper, where mm. one of the victims is like completely mutilated, like on a bed that she was laying in. And she's okay. like completely torn the fuck apart. And so he was trying to like reverse engineer how she became like that, which is how this death came about. That is his brain is one messed up place. <laughs> <laughs> because bleach and salt would not have been something on my radar. That's what I was thinking. I like... was like, hold on. So you think Jack the Ripper brought in bleach? Yeah. And listen, folks. Maybe. If you've never had a cut that bleach gets on, Ooh. you do not know the pain that you're missing. It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. So we with, with Allie out of the picture, uh Sienna is back on for her party. Um, I really thought that there was kind of a missed opportunity here. So she has her store-bought wings, right? Mm-hmm. But then she looks back at her burnt up wings. And I thought for sure there was going to be like a montage of her combining the two wing sets. Yeah, so, that would have been cool. You know, so that the new wing set maybe had just like a few burnt up charred wings in there. That never happens. She just like spray paints the wings a little bit, puts on the outfit, does her makeup like a fucking bamf. And she comes down and I get it immediately, man. Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a Valkyrie right now. A, a uh, what is it? A North goddess warrior of, of the heavens, yep. a personal warrior protector of Odin, the Valkyries. And her mom at first kind of scolds her for it, but you kind of can't hate on that. No, no. You know, especially because it's it's her dad's drawing that she's brought to life. And she made it and she made it and she does give her the ever important your father would love it which mm-hmm. you know big thumbs up from that uh i'm sure he would have i i felt like that was a really sweet moment between the two of them even though she did kind of scold her a little bit for being so promiscuously uh, uh dressed yeah well i think part of the reason why she's not as concerned is because i don't think that's her general like goal when she leaves the house. Like, I don't think she, she doesn't dress like that to school right. on a regular yeah, basis. That's a good point. Right? That's a lot more it's Halloween. Of, that's a lot more of Brooke. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. Her, yeah. Her yeah. blonde friend uh, who has gotten them because of her boyfriend uh, into a club, into a bar where they take a couple shots and then they go dancing. And During- she says at the house that she doesn't drink. Which any horror person worth their salt in experience knows she's about to get fudged. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. During this yep. time, Barbara and John get into a fight because of John's obsession with the dad's sketchbook, which even though she says that they've been looking for for a long time, she just rips it up. Yeah. Yeah. And he like, seems to know something about the dagger. Yeah. yeah. He knows something that like he hasn't told anybody. I, I, I firmly believe that. 
Yeah, it's not perhaps. talked about, discussed at all, but I believe that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how I, I sort of agree with you. I also just sort of think that like it, it, all he knows is that it was a gift from their dad. Yeah. And that the dad somehow predicted art. And so there must be some sort of reason for this dagger to go against art. Mm hmm. Don't know if he knows that it's like supernatural or anything, but he knows that it right. it was given to fight the clown, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, after the fight, uh, John runs away, and Barbara finds her car completely fucked up. Which, if she thought about for two seconds, she'd be like, "How the how did my son do this in twenty seconds?" That was a blind spot for me as far as the movie goes because I was like. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to run with that. Yeah. We need the tension added, so I'll take it, but okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> By this point, um, we've had a scene where trick-or-treaters go up to Allie's door and uh, uh, Art the Clown answers with Allie's mom's head decapitated with so, candy in it. So here's the thing. I get it. That's the yellow room scene, right? That to me is a more iconic moment. There's no way. How could you say that? It is. It is though, because he does all of that, right? He does all of those things. And his last idea is to kill the mom, scoop everything out of her head and feed kids candy out of it. It's like, it's something I will never forget. I think that we could chop them up as the same kill. We're including it. Okay. Yeah, I right. think we could include it together, right? Okay. Yeah. We'll go. They're with like it, yeah. they're like bled into each other, literally. Like yeah, one will not happen without the okay. other at that point. All right. I'll get yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. Uh, we we okay. can add them together. All we'll right. count it uh, as I just as know I won't ever forget that because I don't know that I'll see a horror movie pull it off that organically. Well, and then I was like, and then like the kids are like, the kids are like, wow, this, <laughs> I can't believe how realistic this blood feels. Yeah. <laughs> like, just take the candy, put it in your bag. The fat kid reaches for another one and he slaps their hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, very funny. Yeah. Um, John, however, uh, uh, runs home. After uh, uh, this this fight, he realized that he does need to go home. Finds the mom's body completely fucked up. Guess what? Art's been here now. And whenever she was cleaning the car, he's taken a double barrel shotgun and blasted their mom's head straight off. What a what a what a great idea! <laughs> I don't have a lot of words for. It was just a really cool moment. Just a nice touch. Yeah. And I think yeah. about how, just like I thought about how long Art was sitting in that pizza shop waiting for the one dude to come out of the bathroom. Yeah. I was thinking, how long was he sitting in this car waiting for that exact moment to happen? Hours. Hours. Had to have been. <laughs> you know, pop! Fucking completely blows her head off. Uh, I love that art sometimes loves the slow torture and other times he loves the quick done. Yeah. You know, the quick one and done. I love it. I think that having that kind of variety gives art a lot of personality. Yeah. 
But John returns home to find his mom's fucking face being like balanced on there. And Art comes out of the kitchen in like a maid uniform. <laughs> Serving potatoes. Mashed <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> and this is another scene where, dude, this Elliot Fulham, I hope he gets acting lessons because I find, found him real bad most of this movie. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it is that he makes the same face whenever he's staring at art every single time. His eyes mm-hmm. are like widened. His mouth is slightly open. He just shakes his head violently whenever he's staring. And it just looks so cheesy. So, And then his long ass neck makes me think it's going to break because of all of the shaking. So, yeah, my 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 suggestion, Mr. Fulham, is to get an acting teacher because you're not very good at this. The way he delivers nice. his lines nice. is it's his it's when it's the quiet moments that he he can't do. But the way he delivers his lines is good most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think him and the mom were my two like weaker points. Yeah, I, I definitely everybody else is real good in this, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh Elliot runs upstairs, ends up getting trapped by art. Uh he tries for his best. To grab the sword out of uh, off of Sienna's dresser, but fails so before Art is able to inject him with uh, his syringe and yep. take him to wherever he's going. And we know that whenever Art has a syringe, you're in deep shit. Yeah, and he takes the da- He takes the the sword, right? Yeah. So he's like, "Oh, this that. is fucking sick." Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a question on that. I think it would have been kind of cool if he wasn't able to touch it, if it would have harmed him. But they didn't do that. And that's, you know, what it is. But I think that would have been a good classic trope. Then how would you bring it into the final act? I don't know. I'm I'm just throwing it out there. I think it could have been a cool point of interest. Okay. I think I think maybe he hides it or something. I think it would make sense if you if you do that after it like glowed at the end. That yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know, after it's like officially been made a magic weapon. But right now I don't have a problem with it. But later, okay. Yeah. I just want to throw it out there. It was an idea that hit me. I think there's a moment in this where you could do it, just not right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while there, while that's going on, we have Sienna at her uh, at the club that she's at. See, this is whenever I'm like, damn, like a lot of this movie is really working for me. Like, yeah. there's a lot of moving pieces here that are done really well that are setting up a very intriguing climax to me. Mm-hmm. They're at this Halloween club where Brooke admits to Sienna. First of all, the way that she's acting, she's like not drunk and. Pamela and and her fiance Justin called it immediately. Whenever she's like rubbing up on everything, like immediately, oh, yeah. like they're like, "Oh, she's on Molly. Oh, she was drugged with Molly. Like yeah. that's Molly shit right there." They called it immediately, <laughs> right? And sure enough, Brooke says that she put some MDMA uh, into Sienna's drink. And I gotta tell you, dude, this molly situation in this movie two things about it one it is one of the most accurate depictions of drug use i've ever seen in a movie it's really good like that is how you are on molly 
Like yep. you want to rub everything. You think that you're so horny. Yeah. You're so fucking horny. That you, <laughs> like you want to touch everything. You want to rub up on everything. You want to put your face in everything. You just want to feel everything. And if people are making out, you're like, I want to make out with them. Like I'm ready for fucking. That's how yeah. Molly feels, dude. Like it's awesome. And then secondly, I love the dichotomy of Brooke and Sienna here. Because oh, that's so well done. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is like kind of, I, I don't know, maybe maybe a little bit of, of me realizing that I'm not the same person that I used to be. But there is definitely a young version, a younger version of Mundo. And I mean just like a few years younger that I would have easily been like, well, what's the fucking problem? Yeah. You know, and I so think Brett does a good job with that. You're having right? a great time. But now, current Mundo, I'm like, yo, you just fucking drugged somebody. Well, yes, but from her side of things, right? She's no. like, you're having a. No, let me just talk. She knows, she thinks it's a really unharmful amount. One, <laughs> doesn't make That's it okay. The- but two, she knows she's been having a long you know, a rough time for a long time. She's like, I just wanted you to be happy. That's that's what I'm saying. Whenever I'm like yeah. a younger version of Mundo would have been like, what's the problem? I would have completely yeah. agreed with Brooke. Oh, I thought you were talking about Sienna. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, no, All right. Current Mundo. I'm like, you can't be drugging your friends without telling them. Mm-hmm. But they're yeah. at that age that it makes sense in the movie. That yeah, they would yeah, do yeah, something yeah, stupid yeah. like that. Yeah. Like Mundo 25 and younger would have completely been on Brooke's side. Mm-hmm. Current Mundo and old, older, I'm on Sienna's side. Like this was, and a now she, yeah, and now she starts to see the little girl, right? Which causes her to have girl. a major panic attack. Mm-hmm. Right, and I I like this stuff a lot when they do this in movies because, and yes, it it's done a lot, but when you are a friend of the mad person. You don't know how to help them. Right. Right. It's yes. to you, they're freaking out, but whatever's happening to them is really happening. Yeah. Yeah. As you were saying, dude, <laughs> like, just like you were saying, man, whenever they got to the party, Brooks, like, man, Sienna's just going to be stressing out this whole time. I got to do something. Yeah. To alleviate that stress. Mm-hmm. You know, boom, little drug here, little drug there. Now she's been having a great time. The only problem, it seems, is that I told her that I drugged her. Right. And once she knew she was paranoid. Yeah. And even like her reaction is so Molly being like, I'm so mad, but I can't stop. (laughs) Brooke's like, but you're smiling. (laughs) But I'm mad. I'm smiling. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was a cute, that was a cute little argument that they had. Yeah. It was fun. I thought that it was a very nice uh, scene. And then combined with her seeing the, the little dead girl. Um, I mean, it really, and then she freaks out from that. She's not freaking out from the Molly. She's freaking right. out because she knows that art's coming for her now. Yeah. Right. He's being Some watched. Brooke can't possibly understand. She just thinks she's freaking out because she's been drugged. Yep. You know? Um, oh, also, well, during this time, when you meet the boyfriend, you get immediate foreshadowing for him. Yes. With his Just t-shirt. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, buddy. Yeah. I, I hope you enjoyed it. You. I know exactly <laughs> what's happening to you. 
Yeah, because right. that play is coming up here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, while they're driving Sienna home, uh, he, she gets a call from Jonathan, the little pale girl's using his phone to do his voice. What did you think about this? I I knew exactly what was happening the second the phone call started. And I yeah. was in love with it. But I didn't know if it was her art. Same. Right. It's yeah. But technically, I guess she is art. So it is art anyway. But what this is really doing to me, which is really interesting, is it's showing that the little girl can, in fact, touch the corporeal. She can interact with the real world, even though she's like a, a supernatural force that is directing art. Mm-hmm. She can call somebody on a phone, but she kind of, and it kind of keeps Art's hands clean from any like plausible deniability of how things got to where they did. Right. Right. The right. murder might've happened, but it wasn't his fault. Everyone goes in the same room. Right. Yes. It just happened to be there. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Know, it just it, happened it, yes. to find Sienna. <laughs> exactly picking up what you're putting down yeah. uh, she convinces brooke and jeff to that's her boyfriend to mm-hmm. go to this uh shut down uh amusement park ride uh or amusement park a circus kind of place this is where uh that little girl was killed that uh this emily crane that would become the little pale girl uh mm-hmm. this is where they're at and this is where she's gonna have to save her little brother while they're in there I mean, obviously they're going to get killed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yep. I mean, it's, (laughs) yeah, it's coming. And I think it's okay sometimes for a movie like this to have parts like that. I think it's completely fine. Right. Yeah. You need that sometimes as just a viewer. Because even though, yes, it's a hectic moment comparatively to the movie. This is a calm moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, this yeah. Is These are actually br- like, breathe. especially <laughs> Jeff's death is like easily the least like fucked up death. And he's getting stabbed in the dick. Well, so he, what's my favorite part about what they did with his is, yeah, that he put like the little note, just the tip on the window, right? So she could read it before it happened. But he doesn't attack it in that direction. He comes yeah. full force front facing to it and just cuts it in half and stabs straight in. Oof. Like, that's not the tip. That's the whole thing, man. That's, that's rude. Thing, bro. <laughs> that's just rude. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a cool, like, from the side, like, chop or something, <laughs> but I was wrong. <laughs> we get a nice uh, a chase scene with Brooke and Art. What's cool about these movies a little bit is that we get these final girl chase scenes, but in a way that the girl who is the final girl, quote unquote, is the one that still dies, right? Like, yeah, you could easily see a version of this movie where Brooke is the son. I called it out earlier in the movie. I said, I think Brooke is going to take over. I think Sienna is going to die and Brooke's going to be the one just like they did the switcheroo in the last. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. You know, and so Brooke's death here was actually a bit of a surprise to me. I thought mm-hmm. that she was going to to be the one who got away. Um, but no, Art fucks her up. Not as bad as the fucked up Allie, but 
really fucks her up. He has his favorite thing, which is that chain whip that has like all those like scissors on it. Yep. He loves that. That's his favorite thing in the world. Messed up, man. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff indeed. Yeah. Uh, Kills Brooke. uh, But while Brooke's running away from him, uh, Sienna hears her screaming, runs towards the screaming, ends up finding Brooke's dead body on the ground before she could even find John. Right. Yep. Uh, and it, it leads to the worst place in history in my life, a haunted house. Specifically, interestingly, yeah. enough too, specifically this haunted house called the Terrifier. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta give this guy credit. Like he leans in hard on his brand. It's he, hard to not love that in this movie. Yeah, it's great. Like he he clearly loves it. Yeah, it's hard to not think to not be like. It's hard to not think like oh th- like this is a guy that would have made such successful movies in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, you he's know, he's like, got that vibe. Yeah, I, I just feel like in every way, shape, and form, this is an improvement on, from the first one. Yeah. You know, agreed. Including this fun insertion that it's the terrifier. This is the ride that Emily that uh, uh Emily was killed on all those years ago that for some reason like precipitated into this demonic art being. Yep. Uh, you know? And now he has the two of them. He has Sienna and John. Uh, and he's going to town on John. He's fucking him up. Uh, well, but- I think right before that is when he's in the room with the pal girl, right? When she's facing the mirror. Oh, sure. Yes. Um, because the reason I want to point that out is yeah, not because it. of not because of what she does to her face, because he does a lot of symbolism around beauty in his movies. Yeah. Um, and I, I really like the, the way he does that. I, yeah. I enjoy the lessons he teaches throughout his different films. Cause honestly, the, the pretty lady dies. That's his rule. Yeah. <laughs> the pretty lady dies. Yeah, <laughs> Unless yeah, yeah. you're the hero. That's about it. And, and uh, speaking of like that's so interesting that you say this like commentary on beauty so so one of the earliest scenes that like leone had in his brain for uh art and this little pale girl was them doing each other's makeup but then the mm-hmm. camera would kind of tilt around them to show that they're actually carving each other's faces not putting on makeup yeah you know i think that's a once again, his brain's so fucking weird. Oh, it's messed up. You know? But no, he doesn't like car crashes. <laughs> yeah, but he can't <laughs> Too personal. A, but he can't watch a video of somebody having a pimple pop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, so she wakes up, and, and Art is going to town on John, and she starts fighting back. This is where we get the classic... Art is is as funny as Ghostface when he's getting beat up. Yeah, you know he's he knows so he's funny. invincible. 
right? He, he knows that. He's, he's like, the oh, hey, opposite of invincible, you know? Like, he's yeah. very invincible. Well, you know why I say that. We'll get to it at the end, but yeah. <laughs> and he's getting the fuck beat out of him, but as always, he keeps coming back uh, uh, for Sienna, and eventually, like, there's multiple times here where it implies that Art is dead, but he just stands right back up. Yep. Which I appreciate because remember our last movie, we're like, dude, these people, they keep fucking him up, but they run away immediately. Not Sienna. Sienna keeps no. beating the shit out of him, then is sure that he's dead, then runs away, but he keeps coming back still. Yeah. Well, and also the reason he she's running away is because her brother's still alive. Yes. Right. He, she has a reason that, to run away from his dead yes, body. It's brilliant because her brother um, has, I think his legs cut and his back is cut as well. Oh, well, he was whipping him with a chain and his face. Terrible. Yeah. You know, and so it makes so much sense that we have to get the kid to safety. No, mm-hmm. like anything can happen to me, but we have to get the kid out of here. Yep. Um, yeah, no, she, her, her ability and action movie, scenes are really good. It was good. just like people running away to run away. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I thought about this as I watched those last, see, these last scenes we're going to talk about um, that we've kind of dug into. But you remember how you mentioned um, Phil Dunster for James Bond? Yeah. She's clearly trained. I didn't even know how trained before you said, but. The action she does in these scenes, she sells. So I could tell she kind of knew what she was doing or she yeah. got very good training. Like you put those two together in a Bond movie. I'm sold, man. Let's I'm in. go. I'm in for it, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm in like, for it. like have her be the ninja sidekick. Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm even in for her to be like an, a money penny who does like field work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I just I really like the the skills that she has as an actress overall. Well, it, she's it very versatile. Like completely, it completely flips the final girl idea on her on its head. You know, like yeah, now we have somebody that explicitly doesn't run away from the killer. And I don't and I don't see this as a prey situation or like an alien, uh, not alien, um, predator situation either. Because I think she is equal yeah physically better yeah that i literally couldn't agree with you more like this is the first time that we've ever seen a final girl who is physically superior to the killer but the killer won't die so she's shit out of luck will not die (laughs) um and he ends up sneaking his way around doing his little art the clown thing um and and even using the little pale girl as distraction yeah to get the upper hand and stab sienna with her father's own sword and that is where he fucked up yep he did right i think this is where your read on it makes sense yes it requires a blood sacrifice for it to be activated the first blood sacrifice was the dad killing himself. In, in yeah. my read of it, I don't know if this is what happened. Maybe. Yeah. 
But in my read of it, he killed himself. That's why everybody's so disappointed. That's why we don't talk about dad's death. Right. Ever in this movie. We don't talk about how it happened. I Which think I think it'll be addressed at one point. I It has to, right? Yeah. Um, because I also, I, I need to know. I, I don't need to know because I, I do like this figuring out. But I, I would like to know why this happens. Well, I think this movie gives you enough where a prequel is an okay thing to do. Oh, from the dad's point. Yeah. Of view. Yeah. That's I think, I think this is enough. View. That's interesting. Whatever yeah. they do. Because the mom could be different. Is, is I feel like this whole storyline could be ruined by revealing that art is their dad. No. Yeah, for sure. But my, the reason I think I'd like that is because I think you, the mom would be different. She'd be a happier mom in the beginning and you'd see her spiral down. You'd yeah. see these things happening. Uh, but back on point, he does stab her. She gets thrown through the ground, which is, there's your fallen angel. Yep. Coming to save the day, right? Yep. And then you're immediately transported back to Clown Cafe. And Which is... Dude, if you could have seen the smile on my face, I was so happy. <laughs> I was so excited for what was coming. This is exactly where I believe you read that the Clown Cafe... Uh, is like the afterlife that art specifically sends you to whenever you get killed by him. Um, I love that read. I think that is exactly what's happening here. Yep. And she has like an octopus tentacle holding her down or something, right? Yeah. And it's <laughs> at first I was like, that's really weird. And then I remembered I was watching Terrifier 2. <laughs> and it was fine. <laughs> Um, during this time, John is still running away from art. And yeah. I got to tell you this dude, John started pissing me off so hard. Yeah. During this. Yeah. Cause he's like hiding behind a curtain, but like he's trying to peek from the curtain, but he's sticking his whole head out of the curtain to see. He knew. I was like, what the, right. the this clown kid- knew. Somebody needs to teach this kid not to stare. Well, he so here's, stared here's at the thing art with that. and he stared at art and Emily when they're playing with the possum. He was staring <laughs> at the little girl that he had a huge crush on. Like yeah. somebody needs to teach this kid to not stare at people. Okay. The reason why the art doesn't attack him though, is he's the bait, right? He needs her. Yes. To do whatever he needs to do. We don't know what that is, mind you. We don't know what his ultimate goal with Sienna is. Well, I think that his, his ultimate goal is with everything. It's, it's to terrify people so much and then to just kill them. Yeah, and I, it, probably just a connection to the family situation. But. Yeah. But, but what I do think is interesting here, let's talk back with Sienna, is that Art, if, if we're doing this where that like the clown cafe, this area is the purgatory that art sends you. And I'm just thinking about this yeah. now. So you know what you think? Uh-huh. It's that Sienna is so special. She's put up such a fight. She's fucked up art enough that putting her in this purgatory isn't good enough. He must still torture her while she's in the purgatory, which is why yeah, it's there. almost too difficult to get her to stay there. Right. Yes. Yeah. And which is uh, why she's be, in well, this torture cell in this water that she can't get out of. It's yeah. because he's he recognizes that that's like game recognized game. You know what I mean? 
This yeah, like, no, definitely. Real recognize, uh, recognize real, and you looking familiar, Sienna. And you're, I think you're a million, a million percent right because if you pay close enough attention, everybody who is being tortured is still being tortured in the same way, but yes. they're almost emotionally reset where they're fine now. This is just Dude, what th- this is how they live. That the banjo, woman come on, playing the banjo and dancing <laughs> yeah. while on fire. Yeah, come on. That so, that's like, instantly iconic, right there. Yeah. So, like in that, in his hell, right, his death circle, whatever he does to you lasts. Yes, you're tortured that way until the next thing happens. Yes, it's up to him whether you get tortured more or stay in stasis. As that torture level, which makes it dark. Well, and it makes it so much more compelling whenever Sienna is able to break away from it. Yeah. You know, for some reason, he can't, he doesn't have a hold on her. There's this idea that we're going back and forth on about this blood sacrifice to activate this power Mm -hmm. that the sword had, this sword of resurrection, it seems to be. Yeah. And this is where my idea which you moved back to this spot would have worked. Yes. If, if yeah. let's say he has John beaten, mm-hmm. you know, and John's knocked out as he is just like it is in the movie. Let's say now he goes to reach for the sword to finish the job on John and yeah. it electrocutes him or something. That's when we do this. Yep. You know, um, I, I think we might see something like that in the next one. I I think you need to. Yeah, I yeah. think to prove to to show unequivocally that this is a sort of good. Yeah. Right. And that also puts him in a spot where he needs to figure out how to beat her. Yes, which will be so fun. Yeah, it's going to become now, a cat and mouse situation. Because now we have a hero and villain that are both able to resurrect each other. Yeah. What will be oh, interesting? Oh, that's an interesting thought. Right. I didn't think about her being able to continuously do that. I think she'll be able to. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's oh. what makes that's what makes Terrifier 3 the most interesting installment of this movie yet. Dude, I didn't even think of that on her side. That's yeah. going to be cool. <laughs> he can't kill her. Yeah. And so she have to trap him. Here's the deal, dude. He, he can't kill her and she can't stop coming for him. Right. And he'd have to trap her down there to stop her. Right. That's the only way. Right. Oh, man. That's good. He'd have to break the blood bond and trap her down. There. Yes. Or, or she has to kill the little pale girl. Yeah, that too. Well, so I was wondering, I wonder if you have to kill both of them for it to work. See, that's the thing. Uh, I have no idea. I will just say that Damien Leone says that he does have a planned ending. Oh, good. I'm glad. He's not sure if this will go for one or two more movies, but he knows he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to be, it does, he doesn't want it to be a thing where we're doing Terrifier for the next 20 years. Yeah, we don't want a Halloween situation. Yeah, he says that yeah. he has a planned ending. He just doesn't yep. know if it's one or two more movies away. And at this point, our girl is looking great. 
saving Jonathan. You ever see a hotter fighter girl? Never. Ever. I think she might top the list. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> She's fucking great, dude. And she comes in and I love that she fucking pieces up art. Oh, yeah. She beats the shit out of this guy. Well, I, and to, to the what we talked about earlier, right? She's stronger. She knows that. And she takes her time just like he would. Yes, dude. Great call. <laughs> so yes. cool. She just yes. socks behind him while he's trying to feel better. And he's like, oh, you're back. Slash. Walk a few beats. <laughs> slash. <laughs> like, it's like, you tell him. You tell him how it goes. <laughs> All the way until. Uh, oh, by the way, when she comes back, he's eating John's leg. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. He, he loves it. He loves himself some human. Uh-huh. He did uh, eat Brooke's heart. Yes, he did. We forgot so, about that. We forgot to mention that. Yes, yeah. he does. Yes, yeah. he does. So that was the gory part of that kill. Yeah. Yeah. Besides so. also this. He also he loves scalping. He does. Loves yeah. ripping a woman's hair out. <laughs> I hope that there's like at some point when all these movies are done, he writes something talking about like the character itself. And I, why certain things I'll are I'll tell his you what I was thinking. Of course, this is where my 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 brain always goes. Um Art the Clown prequel comic. Yeah. Tell the whole story you want and be as gruesome as you want in it without having to worry about the budget. Yeah. Which is interesting because he said whenever he was writing this script, budget was something he wasn't even thinking of. Well, that's probably because he initially designed it for like a hundred grand and he got two and a half times double that. Yeah, so he's like, all right, I'm good now. <laughs> uh, Sienna ends up finally decapitating Art, which seems to be the only way of, like, really stopping the dude. Uh-huh. Uh, is there with John, and finally the little pale girl shows up, and I'm like, fucking kill the little bitch, too. Yeah. Kill her, too. Uh, I actually understand that they don't because they're, like, so weakened and and yeah. withdrawn. Um, So long as... And little- I don't... And I don't think that they would think she's the one in charge. No, you're right. right? I think you're correct about that. I think, I think they would think she's screwed now and she's not, she has nothing she can do anymore. So yeah, absolutely. So better live leaves. here. She's happy. She just leaves with art's head uh, and credits <laughs> yeah, roll until the mid credit scene. Yeah. You want to talk about, you want to say what the mid credit scene was? Dude, I'm not going to lie to you. This was my favorite part in the entire movie. Really? Yes, because I'm like, okay, he's got to come back. Obviously, you can't have another one. So how is this going to go down? And then immediately gives it to you. Yes. He doesn't bullshit the fans. He's just like, but at first I'm like, wait a minute. Is he having her baby? So we're going to have like the son of art. Okay. That's going to be real interesting for the next one, right? Well, no, that's not what it is. You have a nurse and our lovely Chris Jericho who's trying to get her to eat zombie brains or something like that. I think it's zombie brains. Um, and it's kind of cutting back and forth for their conversation to Vicky, who, yeah. according to the nurse, was very cooperative. Yes. Right? She was very amenable. She would listen to her, do what she asked. But at this point, she is gushing blood out of the hoo-ha. She doesn't know what to do. So she starts writing any profanity she can think of on the wall. 
And clearly she's having a baby because instantaneously she's got a belly. You're like, okay, this is some effed up shit. But <laughs> the rest of the movie happened, so no surprise there. Um, the nurse starts hearing some noises as she's walking around and she comes to open the little latch and check because my assumption is everyone in this place is it's kind of an insane asylum type situation. Sure. Um, she sees that this girl is holding something and like any other normal person would be like, Oh, she gave birth. That's weird. She wasn't even pregnant 10 minutes ago. Okay. Let me go check on that. (laughs) Uh, She walks in and just arts head. She's cradling arts head and he emotes and looks right at her and it cuts. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this is, okay that's how art comes back when you think you killed him for good yeah yeah i mean big one yeah and that almost comes off to me like another now that you mention it like another blood ritual type thing yes um but i'd have to go back and watch the first one to see kind of how that how i think i think that we are the next one we're going to get and i think that's what it's leading down to some sort of like blood sacrifice yeah all yeah. of this like together from the from the last one to to this one I, I i do think that's what's happening um leone and thornton have said that terrifier 3 is planned mhm uh and they and a24 really- is buying it <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, that they want to uh, start inserting Art's backstory and motives into Terrifier 3. That's good. I mean, I think we have a tiny bit of it, but I knowing more would help. Yeah, we are. We can expect a uh, maybe late 2024 release is what Leone said. Okay. That uh, David Howard Thornton and Lauren Lavara have signed on for a sequel. The only question is if Leone is going to make it one movie or split it up into part one and part two, because he says that he does not want to spend the time to edit another two and a half hour movie. So he also edits the movie, by the way. Okay. This dude. So. My position is, if you don't think you have a four-hour movie, make one movie that's three hours long, horror fans won't give a shit, and end it. Be good. Release it in two parts, even. Who cares? Well, that's the thing, right? Part yeah. one and part two, uh, uh, three and four. Yeah. Right. But make it three hours. Don't force four hours. Well, no, he doesn't. No, he he's saying that yeah. if it's going to be three, he's going to chop it up into a part one and a part two. He doesn't. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. He'll, he'd rather release two ninety-minute movies or maybe two one hundred-minute movies than release yeah. one hundred eighty-minute movie. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I think that's a fair yeah. compromise. Yeah, um, I felt the length in this one a little bit, not not too much, but I do feel like it could have been a little shorter. So I see where he's coming from. The I think he was making up general, though. The horror movies in general, much like kids' movies, it's hard to make a good one that's over two hours. Um, I could say with yeah. confidence that Damien Leone pulled it off this time, but 
yeah. this could be the lightning in a bottle situation. Well, my thing with this one, I think the reason he had, he was forced to do it because the first one was lacking so much. You know, can it you, was almost say, required. Can you say that again, please? <laughs> he was forced to do it. It had to be yeah. that long. Yeah. I, I, he needed I, to tell you things that he didn't tell you before because yeah. he evolved as a storyteller. And you, and you can really tell. Yeah. Like if even anything, the general conversations that, that people have in the movie are better. If, if anything, Vanilla, something that I'm really excited about is where he goes once he's done with the Terrifier series. Yeah. Because I think he's going to be one of those directors that, you know, there's these directors that start out on, on small indie things like this. But then like Marvel gets on them or DC gets on them and they recognize mm -hmm. greatness immediately. And they're like, boom, big movie. Here you go. Yeah. Uh, he's the kind of guy from what he makes. I would love to see him do a reboot of a classic. It's funny you say that. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> because there is a movie from 2015. Okay. Even before Terrifier that he wrote and directed called Frankenstein versus the Mummy. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Huh. Okay. It's a B rate for sure. So maybe we'll check that out yeah. in October. Yeah. It could be a good October one. Yeah. It's going to be fun. We might find a new director that we like. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, dude, shall we get on to questions? Yes, let's do questions. I'm excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, before there, we do that, remind the people at home where they can find us. Yeah, it's been about two hours since the last installment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, easy to find us if you're emailing at forestfilmclub22 at gmail.com is the best way to get at us. Once again, that's forestfilmclub22 at gmail.com. Uh, send us your thoughts, anything you want us to review. We'd love to get into contact with our fan base there. From there, you can follow us at uh, Forest Film Club on Twitter. Very easy to do that. And the best way that people can help us is one, leave us a fantastically written review uh, and some star ratings on top of that. But Vanilla Bear, what's the number one way, in fact, people can help us? Leave your reviews for us. Tell your friends and family to do the same. Have them listen. Send them our links and just get their opinions for us. That's all we really need. Yeah. We need to know what you want to be hearing and what works and what doesn't. We want to get better so that you can have a better time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just like Damien Leone, you know, right. he wants to get better so he can put out better movies. We want to get better so we can entertain y'all more. So Vanilla Bear. Yeah. In this movie, who would you want to see fight a grizzly bear? Oh, I, I, I got to go with Sienna. You got to go with Sienna, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. And normally, I don't like picking the same character as you. No. Yeah. We like to switch it up just to make different points, but she's But badass. she would fuck that bear up. She is honestly one of my favorite lead characters in a while. Oh, for sure. She's so compelling. <laughs> yeah. She's so good. You can and she's really good at acting. Yeah, she can she's act. a great actor. 
She is a young, great actor. Yep. You know? Yeah. I think that one's easy. Yeah. For sure. Uh, What about... Who would you want to see Lost in the Woods naked and afraid style? Uh, A Brooke, but not for the obvious reasons. I think that she'd be able to have a nice conversation with the bear. Maybe give it some molly. Get it to cool off a bit. Yeah. by the fire it would, it would be fun to just see her tripping in the woods rolling <laughs> yeah. on molly with yeah. a bear <laughs> yeah just hanging out yeah. with the bear yeah i think she'd still end up dying but i think it would because the bear would get so hungry on molly that it would just be like i'm gonna feel you and then crush her you know the accident. bear would run away from sienna and yeah. go for the easy kill bro yeah you know? it would be an accidental kill but then you'd be like well i might as well eat her now I'm going to pick maybe the most uneventful person to put in this situation. And that would be the little pale girl. Okay. Because she would not be touched by anything in the forest. They would just leave her the fuck alone. I mean, I would. Yeah. Yeah. I would. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And finally in this movie, who would you replace with David Batista? So I had to think about this one. But yes. I think I'm going to do, I forget what movie it was. Oh, it was The Whale. It was The Whale. Uh, no, not The Whale. God darn it. I, think, I wish I could remember. But I Are think. Are you creating someone? No, no. Kind of. Yes. Half, half-ish. Um, I think that he would be the dad. And I think there would be a picture frame with him in there. See, I think that's the obvious choice. Yeah. I think yeah. it works. I think it fits the story. I don't know where else you'd put him because um, most of them are younger. Yeah, I got one. I got one. Go for it. A police officer that the mom's talking to about about John. Mm, maybe have the police officer like more prevalent to the story. Yeah. Or even just for that one conversation. Just, you yeah. know, boom. I mean, Chris okay. Jericho's in here for two seconds. Why can't Batista? Yeah. Or like a dad of one of the kids when Art, when Art comes yeah, out with the head. principal. Yeah, that's true. You could do like smaller stuff, but I, I really think he would be cool as the dad. Yeah. Because that I, would be believable to see a picture like that to like know that there was a struggle there. Yeah, yeah. Big, um, absolutely, dad was the first one that popped in my head as well. And sometimes the obvious is the right answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know. Let's not be Barry. Let's not be no. Bill Hader for Barry season yeah. four. Yeah, think yeah. Subverting expectations is all you need to do. <laughs> Yeah, not totally change all the normalcies that come with subverting expectations. <laughs> right. right. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about for this movie before we get out of here? No, I'm just really excited for the third one whenever that happens. I didn't think I'd say that even if I really liked it. But Me too. I, yeah, I am here for this charismatic- like, new supernatural protagonist versus antagonist cat and mouse thriller chase thing going on that it seems like we're building to yeah and i think part of it is you know scream six just scream seven scream six scream six just came out right yeah um and yeah she the girl that plays the older sister she grew up and she got better at acting this girl's coming in fresh yeah, and she's just, got something. Yeah, she's I got just, an it factor. This appears to be like, like I said, she was a, a stunt double mm-hmm. for another one. But this is definitely like her first. So like, she knows Krav Maga role. from King of Prussia. Yeah, 
Uh, <laughs> and I'm telling you what, dude, this movie on 250 grand on a budget, it made 15.1 million. Holy Lord. So it's not shabby. So they're making more of these. Oh, yeah. Well, that kind of ROI, that's incredible. And he could make a whole new character and start a new franchise in that time frame. <laughs> that's what that kind of money. That's, I, I, as I said before, more than even Terrifier 3, I am so interested to where Damien Leone goes once I, the Terrifier story is over with. So here's I think what it, I could see happening. Yeah. Let me just throw it out there. Hit me. I think he creates another character, and I think you get a Freddy versus Jason moment in his universe. I fucking love it. Right? It, it makes sense. That's his vibe. That's his generation of movies that he loves. Why doesn't he do that? Yeah, I am. There's so more good. reasons for than not. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm right here for I love that idea. Yeah. Uh, just for just just so we also know, you know, informing you right now a little bit. The producers of Terrifier and Terrifier 2 are coming out with another movie that's going to have uh, David Howard Thornton in it. He will not be Art the Clown in it, but it is called Stream. Okay. And uh, uh, that should be coming out later this year. So maybe that's something we'll add to the list whenever that comes out, because I I am interested uh, in seeing more of what this production company can do. You know, I think I saw something for this. It has a really cool poster. I think there was there a trailer put out recently. I don't know. I I just see. I just saw it on uh, David Howard Thornton's uh, list of roles coming up. Okay. So, yeah. This seems really familiar, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what else, dude. He also played uh, uh, the Grinch horror movie. That makes sense. He played the Grinch <laughs> in the Grinch horror movie. So his thing is horror movies. Got it. It's not just Art the Clown. It's just horror in general. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but he seems to love it. Um, the yeah. thing that the thing that uh, Lauren Lavara said is that well, working with uh, uh, David Howard Thornton is like he just turns it off once the camera, once the director yells cuts, he turns it off. You need to in an environment like that. You yeah. can't method act in that environment. No, That's no. weird. <laughs> yeah. So, so, anyways, Vanilla Bear, yeah, we did it. We did it. I love you so much. Thank you for watching Terrifier 2 with me. Uh, Really excited for future of this series. Really excited to talk to you about whatever we're talking about next week. Uh, From here on out, dude, we'll we'll just wait. I think Terrifier 3 will be a weekend release review for us, baby. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I think we're at that point. (laughs) over there has been our vanilla bear patrick thank you so much once more yeah i appreciate it um and if you're ready chocolate bear i've got our hashtag if you don't know you should know this has been your chocolate bear mudo this has been in fact the forest film club here talking terrifier to damian leone big thumbs up from us uh What's our hashtag this week? Hashtag prequel Batista. <laughs> prequel Tista. Yeah, Prequel Tista. <laughs>